the common mistake which i see is that leaders are approaching complex problems with a complicated approach with a reductionist approach the reductionist approach is like a car it's like a closed ended system suppose you have a flat tire you just replace the flat tire without worrying about anything so when you change your tire it doesn't affect your steering your gears your engine nothing else leaders are looking at organizations like this which is the wrong thing to do My name is Chuan Chuan. Welcome to Agile Leaders Conversations. This is a series of dialogues where we engage industry leaders in discussions of how they see and apply agility and navigate paradoxes as they lead and pivot in the new normal. My guest today is Mr. Sunil Mundra, author of Enterprise Agility, Principal Consultant Advisory at ThoughtWorks, and also an international speaker. So happy to have Sunil with us. Sunil, would you share with us a little about yourself, please? Good morning, Chuan Chuan. First of all, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to have a conversation with you in this series. Uh, yeah, I have overall 30 years of experience in the IT industry, and I've been with ThoughtWorks for 10 years. And in these past 10 years, I have worked with organizations across the globe to implement agile transformation programs and enhance agility, as well as working with leaders to shape and implement change programs within their organizations and also coaching leaders in the process. It's really my honor to have someone as established as you. And I think enterprise agility is definitely something that organizations must look at right now. So really thankful and honored to have you here. The pleasure is all mine, Twin Twin. Thank you very much. Sunil also connected with me on LinkedIn and very supportive. And I think this is really the kind of leadership style that we are looking at going forward, always giving value. And from there, we built a very sincere and professional relationship. And I can see many years of collaboration, exchange of thoughts, and also growing each other in the years to come. So Sunil, would you share with us what are your thoughts of Eight Paradoxes of Leadership Agility after reading it? It's a very interesting book. There are several insights which are new to me. I've read the book once and I think I will need to read it a few times to really internalize and digest all the paradoxes you have mentioned. I think this is an important topic which has not been explored much with respect to leadership-related research and books. Handling paradoxes is an important attribute of what we called as an adaptive leadership style, especially in today's environment of high complexity it is going to present leaders with a lot of paradoxes. The earlier approach to leadership was that you could just take one dimension of the paradox and go in that direction. But given the complexity, I think you really need to balance those paradoxes. And what you have highlighted are some of the very important paradoxes in the book, eight of them. And you've not only stopped at that, I think what I found really interesting and valuable is you have actually given exercises on how do you uncover those paradoxes in your own context and how can you better deal with them. So it's a book which is a balance of concepts and ideas and also about executing them. Very well written, Chuan Chuan, and congratulations on coming up with a very unique and a very relevant book for today's times. Thank you so much for the high praise, Sunil. And I also want to encourage all readers to get Sunil's book on enterprise agility. I'm in the middle of the book. Very happy to be able to learn and also to see opportunities for us to synergize as well. 
So looking more into enterprise agility, while there was a discussion of paradoxes in my book, I'm wondering from, from your lens as an expert in enterprise agility, what are some common paradoxes that you see as you work with large organizations? I'm going to try and share some paradoxes which leaders experience in an enterprise context. So the first paradox is how do you embrace VUCA with predictability and stability? So VUCA stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And that really is how the external environment can be described or characterized today. So the challenge which leaders have had is that they are having to move from a mindset of predictability and stability. So not too long ago, leaders' success was measured on how predictable and stable they kept the organization. But today, if you keep your organization predictable and stable, you are not going to be able to deal with this VUCA. So that is one paradox. The second paradox which I see is about engaging and exploiting. Today, because of the complex environment that we have, the organization is part of an overall environmental ecosystem. It cannot insulate or isolate itself from the rest of the entities in the environment. Earlier organizations could do that because the environment was stable, they could take the customers for granted, and they could really choose how much they wanted to expose themselves to the environment. People created entry barriers and sat comfortably behind those. Today, you can't do that, right? Because there are so many changes happening and you're just part of the environment as another entity. So the mindset has to move from exploiting, which means, oh, I treat everybody else on the other side of the table and my primary objective is to make money for my organization and create value for my shareholders. If it comes at the cost of anybody else, that's their problem, it's not my problem. That was the mindset of exploiting. But the engaged mindset is where you are having to think of a win-win situation for all your stakeholders, be it customer, be it employees, be it vendor partners. And I think that is where really it's all about co-creation today. And therefore, engagement is so important with all these stakeholders. In fact, in my book, when I was slicing the organization, initially my thought was that customer is an entity which is outside the organization. But then I actually thought about why can't we treat the customer as an internal entity to the organization? Why do we treat the customer as somebody sitting on the other side of the table? And that's how you engage with customers to actually co-create your products. You get feedback from them, you take ideas to them, you understand their pain points, and you do the same with all other entities who are connected to you in the overall environmental ecosystem. So that's the other paradox which I see. The third paradox is of systems thinking versus reductionism. Reductionism is a property of a complicated system, whereas system thinking is an attribute which is needed to handle a complex system. What I find is that understanding the difference between complexity and complicatedness is leaders are approaching complex problems with a complicated approach. With the reductionist approaches, it's like a car. It's like a closed-ended system. Suppose you have a flat tire. You just replace the flat tire without worrying about anything that's going to change in the car. So when you change your tire, it doesn't affect your steering, your gears, your engine, nothing else. Leaders are looking at organizations like this, which is the wrong thing to do. Because organizations, as I have mentioned in my book, and which is the primary premise of my book, they are complex adaptive systems. So to give an example of systems thinking, suppose on a human body, which is a complex system, Somebody is doing a surgery on a hand. 
you just don't say that i am only going to bother about the hand when the hand surgery is happening your blood pressure is your breath your temperature is being monitored that is the approach of systems thinking so this is a paradox you move from complicated to complex yeah these are the three this is so good i'm so excited to complete reading i honestly love systems thinking and i like it when you articulated complicated versus complex there are different things are we introducing very complicated solutions to try attempts to fix the complex problem and in the process we actually make things worse that is a question that leaders have to think as well yes so i think it starts with awareness i used to use the words complex and complicated as synonyms i thought there was no difference and that is what it is right now with most leaders there is a lot of education that needs to happen in this area I think you are seeing things from the enterprise level and I'm seeing things from the leader individual level and I think there's a nice way these two can synergize and in your second paradox engagement versus exploitation I see there's a there might be a connection between scarcity and abundant mindset am I just going to go all out to create value for myself and I really don't care about what happens to other people in the ecosystem as long as my objectives my KPIs are met and now shifting into the abundance mindset that's enough for everyone we can all succeed together and then how do we create value and help each other and then uplift the entire ecosystem collectively okay so coming to the next part which is about leadership agility so i'm wondering how do you see the connection between leadership agility and enterprise agility enterprise agility or agility as a word is an umbrella term for a set of capabilities and the three core capabilities which every organization needs so agility to me for an organization is what health is to human beings for organization if an organization is functioning they definitely have some level of agility the point is can you make it better So the three capabilities which underlie agility, in my view, are the ability to sense, adapt, and respond. Yeah, and to me, you need to improve on these underlying capabilities to be able to deal with a fast-changing environment. Leaders being who they are. So, what is leadership agility? Leadership agility, you can talk in terms of. personal agility towards people agility towards change and things like that but for me the role of a leader is very important because they have influence in terms of the attention which they can give to priorities in terms of setting the direction for the organization in terms of helping people to perform their roles or their jobs in a better way by creating alignment by focusing on the right things so for me leadership agility therefore becomes important in terms of both their mindset and their behaviors and leaders are role models people look up to them so in terms of their ability to influence the organization the people and the resources available at hand within the organization and on the priorities and the direction which the organization or enterprise can take leadership agility becomes extremely crucial in terms of both mindset and behaviors i have called out some of those uh, things in my book i have a special chapter on leadership where i have detailed out some of the things which leaders need to be able to do to enhance leadership agility 
Okay. Very well said. I think it will be of great value for the viewers to also look at the rest of your interviews, Sunil, and for them to learn about this because I think leaders definitely have a very important role here to help enterprises move, especially in this time, the pandemic times, the crisis management. How do we sense that and respond? Accordingly, how do you think leaders can sense what are the changes or the adaptations that are required? So the first way to do it is really to see how close are you to your customers? How do you really understand them? Are you there with them at every single step? Yeah, one part is that. And it sounds obvious, but it's not. Let me give you an example. When I was in UK, I was consulting with a multi-billion pound retail online retail organization and when i met the marketing director of this organization i asked him when was the last time you met a real customer and in a very embarrassed way that person said no i have not met a customer in the last two years so leaders need to be closer to the ground they need to be close to the people who are closest to the customers the leaders need to go and actually talk to the customers it's not about sitting in a corner cabin and just looking at reports. There is nothing better than actually meeting customers and hearing their voices. That is one part. The second part is about listening to your employees and keeping an open environment where people are able to have a culture where they are able to give you bad news very quickly. Right? So in many organizations, again, there is no psychological safety as we call it. People are punished for bringing in bad news and therefore people resist giving bad news. I've called this in my book again. If you look at the major disasters which have happened across the world, airplane crashes, oil spills, etc. People on the ground knew there was something wrong. But the attitude was, it's either not my problem or I don't want to take it to my boss because I will get blamed for it or I will be asked to take care of that problem and I don't want to do so how do you have this safety culture where the employees can be free enough to tell you uh, what's happening on the ground in a very real way people on the ground are afraid to give you bad news which will come to you at some point but by then it's too late and the third point which i mentioned earlier is about engagement with the ecosystem yeah talk to your partners talk to your other organizations who are there network with your peers yeah Get some technology experts, join some technology forums to understand what developments are happening and which of those developments may impact your organization or which of them you can leverage. So sensing is a multi-pronged strategy and leaders need to devote a lot of time, which in today's world, especially in command control traditional organizations. Yes, two valuable points I'm taking away here. I see a nice synergy of what you are describing with the first step of my reform coaching model, the reconstructing the map. And as I talk about reconstructing the map, different organizations would do it differently. Sometimes by asking questions. And I like that you gave a very clear structure of who are the people you should have those conversations with. And it's not about communication, it is about connection. And the second part that I really like is you're actually talking about culture building a certain type of culture where there's open communication, psychological safety, so that people can come to you and give you very honest, direct and truthful feedback. And I think you also pointed out one common thing. Leaders need to really guard against that and ensure that 
they don't unknowingly do it because we really need to be able to synergize and bring out all these different viewpoints and have the courage to look at the real feedback without being sugar-coated and then sometimes the meaning is lost and distorted in the end. Now, Sunil, what tips and advice would you give leaders in enterprises? The key message which I want to give to leaders is that organizations or enterprises are living systems and should be modeled and treated as such. What happened is the hangover of a manufacturing mindset and traditional mindset is so high even today. Our organizations are actually structured to manage physical work. But today, most people or most of our work is cognitive in nature and our organizations are not modeled appropriately for that type of work. The way they are modeled is based on Frederick Taylor's principles of thinker-doer separation. In cognitive work, you cannot separate the thinker and the doer. So organizations have got modeled as machines. Everybody just focus on doing their own thing, just like a worker has to focus on working on his or her machine and produce that part. The process takes care of everything. You're making the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And then the thinker doer separation, creating these hierarchies, focus on efficiency, which has created silos. Yeah, that was an era of scarcity at that time, so efficiency mattered. And efficiency does matter in a manufacturing concept where you make the same thing again and again. So your process variation has to be zero or close to zero. Right. But today, it's all about delivering value. It's not an era of scarcity. If you have a good idea, you can easily get money today. So organizations need to focus on, or leaders need to focus on making their organizations or modeling them as living systems, as complex organizations. And the reason is this. If you look at a closed-ended system or a machine, yeah, the only path forward for a closed-ended system is degradation and obsolescence. The only way an organization can deal with change is through evolution. And evolution can happen only when there is life in it. And without evolution, if you look at species which have become extinct, or systems which have become extinct, socio-economic systems which have become extinct. They have gone into extinction because they have not evolved. But those systems which have evolved with time are still existing and are thriving. Look at us as human beings. One theory says that we were apes earlier. We had a tail. We gave up that tail because we didn't need it. And we are who we are today. And who knows if we survive another 10,000 years, who knows what we will look like? We don't know that right now. So I think the point is to look at organizations as living systems. To recognize the fact that the nature of work today is very different. It is cognitive in nature. Which means that a large chunk of the decision making has to happen close to the ground. And therefore, organizations and the structure of the organizations must be modeled accordingly. And the leaders have a very important responsibility to shape the culture of the organization to be able to deal with this VUCA environment. So wow. that's my key message to leaders. Yes, I really love all the analogies and the stories that you tell. What I'm taking away is evolution can only happen if there's life. 
Yeah, and then for leaders to look at the organizations right now, the way that it's been designed, is it a system full of life? Is it a living organism? Or is it a lifeless system? And the levels, the layers, which actually doesn't make any sense at all. So I'm sure by now, a lot of viewers will be very interested to connect and engage with Sunil. I will insert Sunil's LinkedIn URL in the post. Anything you would like to add here, Sunil? No, I'm more than happy to connect with people. I'm very passionate about sharing my knowledge as well as learning from others' experiences. So anybody who has interest in engaging with me, discuss something, to share some experiences, or even to challenge my thinking, I'm more than happy to engage with everyone. So LinkedIn is the best way to engage with me. Uh, if we are not connected already, do send me a connection request and then we can use the LinkedIn chat uh, to connect and see what leads to where. So. Yes, I think this is exactly how we also started this. We had a conversation about our different ideologies, how are we seeing things and then how are we synergizing. So that's great. So strongly recommend that you get a copy of Sunil's book, connect with him, search him on Google and you'll be able to find a lot of these valuable interviews and talks. And of course, humbly, please get a copy of my book as well. <laughs> and thank you so much Sunil for your time today and for being on Agile Leaders Conversations. Thank you very much for this opportunity once again, Twinchon. It was a pleasure having this conversation with you.